Well, hello. Welcome to the Preacher Dad Podcast. I am the Preacher Dad. My name is Jared, and I blog at PreacherDad.com, where you can find out more about me and our ministry. Uh, We're seeking at PreacherDad.com. We're trying to make a difference for the next generation to proclaim Christ and have an impact upon our culture. I'm uh, pleased to be coming to you today uh, to continue the Foundations series that we started many moons ago. Um, The first 10 episodes of this podcast were uh, old sermons that I had preached on the book of Genesis. I began to preach through the book of Genesis, and uh, we posted those as the initial part of this podcast. And and here we are again. We're going to try to uh, do that again for you. And uh, this foundation series is was uh, really exciting for me. I actually didn't get completely through the book of Genesis, but it was really, really fun. Just learned so much about, um, about the Lord and about uh, the foundations of his word. And it was a really, really rich study. So Uh, We are going to dive right into that today, so if you have your Bible, you can open up to Genesis chapter 2, and we'll read verses 4 through 6, and uh, I will read it to you if you're on your way home and you can't pull out your Bible or read it. This is what it says, uh, Genesis 2, verses 4 through 6, these are the generations of the heavens and of the earth when they were created in the day that the Lord God made the earth and the heavens. And every plant of the field before it was in the earth, and every herb of the field before it grew. For the Lord God had not caused it to rain upon the earth, and there was not a man to till the ground. But there went up a mist from the earth and watered the whole face of the ground. So that's significant and important uh, this passage of scripture here gives us um, more detail about the creation week. It is not a continuation of the day-to-day account, which we just finished uh, in the previous chapter and the first verses of chapter 2, but it is, a con- it is a more detailed account of things that occurred, things that occurred. The title of this message today is, Our Value to an eternal God, our value to an eternal God. Now, um, the first thing that I think we should point out about this passage is the Lord's perfect timing. So here in verses, um, in verse five, when it says plant uh, or bush uh, of the field or this herb of the field, which can also mean small plant, that seems to indicate certain crops in Genesis chapter 1, verses 11 through 12. It tells us about how the plants began to grow, and it seems to say that the plants were made as mature and fully formed. That seems to be indicated, but here in chapter 2, it gives us a, more, a little more detail about other plants that had not sprung up. Uh, these seem to be of the field. Uh, a particular type of plant that maybe just had the seeds in the ground and hadn't sprung up yet. Now, why did they not spring up? Well, the Bible says no rain had come 
and no man was yet formed to till the ground. So that's important to note. And it's important to notice that because the, the fact is that, the, that these particular plants, these particular crops, they needed extra care and extra water. They needed a man. It tells us, this, this verse here tells us that God designed man to be important to the functioning of the world. The plants of the field need man to properly grow. The reason these plants had not sprung up is because uh, God had not yet formed a man. And he had not yet brought rain upon the earth. That's why they weren't growing. So they needed that man to grow. And that's very powerful. And the lesson here is that God has perfect timing. The Lord knows when to bring the rain, when to create the man, how to bring the plants to maturity, and when to do it. He knows what to do. His timing is exactly right. It's exactly right. He didn't have to make the world that way, but he did. His timing was perfect. He made a man right when those plants needed a man. And uh, we need to be able to trust God's timing in our lives as well. A lot of times God will do things <laughs> in a different timetable than we want him to do them. And that we have to recognize and realize that his timing is not ours, but his timing is still perfect. And we have to trust him to do what is best and what is right. The second thing I want us to notice about this passage, not only that the Lord's timing is perfect, but that the Lord desires us. The Lord desires us. In this passage of Scripture, the name of God, Yahweh, is used for the first time. Whenever you see in the Bible the words, the the. The word Lord, but in capital letters, all capital letters, L-O-R-D. That is indicating that it is the Hebrew word Yahweh. And I know some people want to pronounce Yahweh as Jehovah. And I'm not going to fuss at them about that. Uh, the short explanation is that I don't think that's the correct way to say that Hebrew word. I think that they took the vowel points for Adonai and put them over the, the letters for Yahweh and and if you do that, you end up with the word Yehovah. But either way, whether you want to say Yahweh or Jehovah, I'm not going to fuss at you about it. I just don't think Jehovah's right. But Yahweh is a very powerful and important name of God in the Bible. It, it, it is a, a word which means I am. When uh, um, it means self-existent self-existent and that is the very special proper name of god so so holy to orthodox jews they won't even say the word they won't even write it out uh it's just so so holy to them and uh i i'm i don't think that's necessary uh to treat god's name that way but i i respect their honoring of his name so Yahweh is used first here. It says Lord God in the passage several times. Lord God, Lord God. So that's the first time it's used ever in the Bible. Now that word is used 
earlier, but that's a previous message about uh, the the fact that God says, let there be light. He says, Yahweh light is basically what he said. But it's the first time it's used as a as one of God's names, the Lord God, Yahweh, uh, had not yet caused it to rain, etc. That word is used at least 6,521 times in the Old Testament. It means that God exists without the aid of others. Everything else in the world needs something else to exist. Uh, whether it's plants, they need sunlight. Animals, well, they need parents. Uh, sand has to have rocks. Rocks make sand. And rocks have to have mountains. Mountains make rocks. Buildings need to have humans. Everything that exists has its source of existence from something else. God himself is the source of existence for all that is. Except that he himself does not need anything else to exist. He is self-existent. He is the great I am. He is Yahweh, the Lord God. He, prov- he needs no outside source. So what's the, what's the significance of that, preacher? Well, the fact is this. The Lord did not need to make plants that required a human being. He didn't need to do that. He could have made plants that just sprung up and grew on their own, just like many of the other plants do in the world. These specific plants needed rain and they needed a man to till the ground. God did that because he desired us. He desired us. He didn't have to do it. He didn't need anything at all to be completely happy and whole. But instead, he chose to create and love you and me. He desires a relationship with us, not because he needs it, but because he wants it. God wants you. God wants me. God wants me. He desires to have a relationship with me, and I don't care what you have done in your pl- your past. I don't care if you're listening to this podcast from death row. Maybe someone out there is listening in a prison cell somewhere. God wants you. He desires you. He doesn't need us. He can do what he wants to do in the world without my help. But he wants to make us a part of what he's doing in the world. He wants to have a relationship with us. He loves us and desires us. It's an act of the will, not of necessity. God didn't need us, but he chose to keep us, to have us. He wants a relationship with us so much. After his original plan was messed up by sin, he chose to send his only son to die a horrible death so that the sin problem could be dealt with and relationship could be restored. That's beautiful, people. It's wonderful. Not only did he choose to make us, but then after we messed up his plan... He sent his son to fix the problem and bring us back into relationship with him. So I think that is especially beautiful. So Yahweh has life within himself and he imparts his life into 
mankind. Yahweh imparts his life into mankind, and that is significant. That is powerful. And that is what we will learn about next time on the next episode of Foundations with the Preacher Dad. (laughs) All right, folks. Well, I hope you've enjoyed this little mini-sermon, and I pray that God has encouraged you and blessed you and helped you to remember that His timing is perfect and that He wants and desires a relationship with you. So next time, we'll dive into verse 7, and I look forward to sharing that with you. If you want to find out more, you can go to PreacherDad.com. You can read articles that I've posted there. You can listen to previous episodes of this podcast. You can even donate to our ministry if uh, the Lord moves upon you to do that. And uh, we sure would be grateful for that. But the Lord bless you and keep you and cause his face to shine upon you. And we'll see you again next time.